0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. It's good to have you with us today. Well, it's Pentecost. No doubt about it, Pastor Rick. <laughs> if it was Christmas, how would you have come to church? If it was Easter, how would you have prepared yourself to come and to assemble with the brothers and sisters and and give praise for the resurrection? What do we do at Pentecost? How do we come to honor the Holy Spirit? How do we come to celebrate the birth of the church? The book of Acts confirms and further defines the identity of the church as a community of people who follow Jesus, all through the book of Acts. Luke paints this picture with the Holy Spirit taking the predominant position. He's in the foreground, he's not in the background. But as you know, oftentimes the Holy Spirit is the one that is just behind the scenes. He's, he's functioning, he's moving, he's leading, he's guiding, he's given us guidance, he's given us information, he's revealing things from the Father, from the Son to us, and he's doing all this and it's almost like he's an operating system that's in the background. He's always functioning, he's always working, but we hardly ever really take time to say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. So today we're gonna not make that mistake. We're gonna acknowledge that he is in the foreground just as we see in the book of Acts. He's the one who's imparting the gifts. He's he's releasing the miracles. He's giving fishermen the ability to speak eloquently before kings before the educated, before the learned ones of his day. And so he wants to make it crystal clear that the life and work of Jesus continues on in the life of the church. The things that Jesus did because the Lord Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came and descended upon us, lives within us and comes upon us, that everything that Jesus did, we as a community of faith are to be doing the same things that he did. So when I say that, what's what's the first thing in your heart that just goes, ooh, I remember Jesus did that. I I wanna do that. (coughs) Anybody get anything? What do you got, Barb? What do you wanna do? Anybody got something specific that you're just thinking, oh, Jesus did that, I wanna do that? Heal, heal. Heal, okay, we wanna see healing? Get baptized. Get baptized, Jesus was baptized and Will's getting baptized today, excellent, excellent. Uh huh. Anything else? Yes. Loved. Reaching out to others. Yeah. Bringing peace. Bringing peace. That, that's what I need. Yes, Ben. Feed a lot of people. bread feed a lot of people. Feed miraculous feedings. Miraculous feeding five thousand people. I don't know how many we got today, but let's let's feed them all. person Yeah, yeah, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't controlled by people, was he? He would accept and, and challenge. Parting of the Red Sea, okay. Well, Jesus was probably there. <laughs> we know Moses was there and God's spirit was there, yeah. Yes, sweetie. Everybody loves Jesus, yeah. Anybody wanna walk on water? Come on. Come on, man, that's, that's right where my heart went. I'm thinking, raise the dead. Let's see Lazarus come forth. I wanna walk on water. Anybody wanna walk on water? Yeah. Come on, come on. Cast out demons. You know, there's really, there's a lot of fun. It's, I know it's a messy ministry, but there's nothing more exciting than see somebody get free of a demon where a demon has, has attached itself to a person, whether it's affecting how they think and how they see and how they feel, or whether it's affecting their physical body. You know, Jesus says that the, the one lady was so bent over, she had been held in bondage by a demon for 18 years. Now that's too long to put up with a demon. And now that the Holy Spirit's here, we should never have to put up with a demon that long. We should deal with it quickly, take authority, exercise the authority in Jesus name. So I like that, I think this is good. But when we look at it, before we get to Pentecost, we gotta get to the ascension. So Acts begins with the ascension of Jesus. So we're gonna look at a few verses here in chapter one and then we're gonna get to the big event. Okay, you ready? To Theophilus, the lover of God. I write to you again, my dear friend, to give you further details about the life of our Lord Jesus and all the things that he did and taught. Just before he ascended into heaven, he left instructions for the apostles he had chosen by the Holy Spirit. After the suffering of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a period of 40 days. How many didn't? know that Jesus appeared for over 40 days. 40 days he appeared. The church historians believe that he appeared at least 11 times in that 40-day period. Myself, I like to think it was a 40-day seminar on the kingdom of God, where Jesus was teaching morning, afternoon, and evening. However, the text really doesn't bear that out, but that's where my heart likes to go. I just think, wouldn't you like to be a part of a seminar that Jesus was teaching right after he was raised from the dead? I think that would be a glorious event. So anytime he shows up, if if we're out fishing all night and and we haven't caught anything and he shows up and he's cooking breakfast, I would just wanna sit at his feet and absorb everything. Whether I'm in fear and I'm hiding behind locked doors afraid that they're gonna get me and arrest me and, and crucify me, and then he just appears right in the midst. Oh, I'd just be excited and wanna just hold on to him as long as you possibly could all the different times that Jesus appeared. And it says, Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. The whole purpose was to let him know he'd conquered death. Death couldn't keep him in the grave. He rose and he is the victorious, overcoming, glorious one. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom realm and shared meals with them. I think this is really important for us to understand. This is why we eat all the time (laughs) in the church. You wanna be like Jesus? In his resurrected body, he still took time to eat with his friends, with his disciples and he shared the truths about the kingdom, Hmm. the realm of God's rule over us. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pentecost hadn't happened yet. He's setting them up. Much in the same way that he he foretold his crucifixion, he's now foretelling of his ascension and the release of the Holy Spirit to the earth for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire, with fire. When I I was reading this, I just thought of Brian's wonderful little uh, analogy last week about getting close to the bonfire. You know, that the fire of God is there and it's like, how close do we wanna get to the fire? You know, do we we wanna stay out where we're still freezing or do we wanna come in closer and closer where the warmth of the fire will just radiate through our entire being? I love that little analogy, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hmm, I wanna be baptized with the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. See, religion tries to make the baptism of the Holy Spirit a one-time event. Got that one, checked that off. I've got my Holy Spirit badge. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and uh, that happened on this day and uh, I really haven't seen him since. But I was baptized and uh, it's like, no, 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 no. It's a continuation constantly being baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every time they gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? It amazes me how we often in the midst of Jesus telling us some incredible stuff that's gonna happen in the near future. We think he's talking about this when he's really talking about that. And, And we get it confused. They're still looking for an earthly kingdom, an earthly regent to, to rule over. They don't realize that his kingdom has already come and he's preparing them for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And he answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. Okay, you can, Play with all the eschatological, apocalyptic theories, all that you want to, but nobody knows the time nor the date when he's going to appear. And if you ever tell us that he's going to come on August 4th, you will get firmly disciplined in love you cannot violate the scriptures. Nobody knows the times. And so let's just, just, let's just realize that nobody knows the time. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I know there's all sorts of wonderful, wonderful things in, uh, in the scriptures that describe this event and that event. And as it unfolds, I'll just say, oh Lord, that was amazing. Yeah, so that's what you meant when you wrote that, when, when John wrote that, when, when you talked to the disciples in what we call the little apocalypse. In the Gospels and you talked about what was going to happen he says so no one knows the time that he is prepared by his own authority your authority will never trump his so just give up on it but I promise you this okay this is Jesus talking he's gonna promise us something I promise this you the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. Now say power. 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 You will not be filled with timidity. You won't be filled with fear. You will be filled with power. Will you ever be afraid? Oh yes. Oh yes. Matter of fact, when power comes upon you, you may get afraid. So don't, don't associate fear with not having power but know that he's coming to release his power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea and the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. Wow. Right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted up into the sky and disappear into a cloud. As they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the startled disciples, Galileans, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back the same way you saw him ascend. Hmm. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive what you're saying to the church today. In Jesus name, Amen. amen. So his, this is the ascension, it's really interesting. I shared this with staff this, this last week. Uh, during Morning Watch, RB does such a wonderful job of just creating an atmosphere, for us to worship and chase our granddaughters. <laughs> uh, and in the, midst of, in, in the midst of prayer, in the midst of, of being in his presence and worshiping the Lord, I, I felt like I was in a cloud. I, I, was, I was kneeling at the kneeling that's my favorite kneeling bench by the way there's a real anointed spot over here that you can just really thrive in and as i was kneeling there and experiencing the presence of the lord i just felt like i was in a cloud and i thought hmm you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of when i was ziplining in costa rica because i have a fear of heights and all the ministers were going ziplining so i went ziplining and i'm just thinking holy spirit you're gonna to have to do something special for me not to freak out as I'm zip lining, you know, 300 feet above the ground. And, uh, as if, and we started zip lining and a cloud in the rainforest came and it totally engulfed the rainforest. I couldn't even see my hand four feet in front of me. It was just unbelievable as I'm zip lining. And when I did it, I thought, I don't even know how high I am, guess what? I'm just going to fellowship and enjoy the presence of the Lord while I zipline. And I had a I had a a God encounter ziplining through the rainforest in Costa Rica. And it was just wonderful. Well, last Wednesday, I was in the same kind of event. There was a cloud and I had a real sense that I was going someplace. Anybody like to have those kind of encounters with the Lord? Those are fun. You know, and as, I, and as I was in the cloud, it was kind of like if you've ever been on a plane and you're going into a, a, a rain cloud and you're going up through it and all of a sudden there is nothing but cloud. That's all you got is just this white stuff or grayish stuff outside the window that you can see. And that's all I could see was white and gray. But I'm thinking like all good jets, In a minute, I'm gonna bust forth and and burst forth through the clouds and the sun's gonna be there and we're gonna be, and I figured I was going to heaven. I thought, oh, I think the Lord's taking me to heaven today. Yes. And I never got out of the cloud. I stayed in the cloud the whole morning, but he was in the cloud. And that was just amazing. And so when I was reading this, I was thinking, isn't this interesting? On on the week of Pentecost, as as we're looking at this, we have the ascension of Jesus and he's going up and he's in a cloud and he's out of their sight. I'm thinking, okay, I'll hang out with Jesus in the cloud. That's fun. So don't freak out if you never get to where you think you're going. If you're in the cloud, just stay there and enjoy and experience Christ in the cloud. It's a good time. I think you'll have a great time. So that was a a great cloud experience this week. So Jesus ascends, he tells us that he he needs to, and it's for our well-being for him to do that, and we'll look at that a little bit later. But now we have the day, 40 days, and now it's the 50th day. For 10 days, the 120 have been together in the upper room, and they've been in prayer and worshiping, and they've elected a new apostle, a new disciple, And uh, Matthias is chosen and they go through all this stuff. It's kind of like, what do you do when you're spending 10 days in a room? Yeah, who knows what all they did, but uh, they elected a new disciple. (laughs) I think it was supposed to be Paul, but that's that's beside the point. Um, Beginning at verse 1 on Pentecost Day. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound, it was a sound that they heard, okay, of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. This wasn't a normal earthly sound, so it's kind of hard to describe. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. If you've had a tornado experience, you probably have come close to what this may have sounded like. If you uh, were with Moses and through the Red Sea and you'd come to the Holy Mountain where the Ten Commandments were given and all the, the theophany, all the manifestations of God's presence on the Holy Mountain, it said that the thunder was so loud that the people couldn't bear to hear the voice of God. And so it was one of those things that goes beyond our ability to bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. So we got this incredible sound, and then there's the sight, the hearing and, and, and the vision before their eyes. It's separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them, and they were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Wow. The day of Pentecost. I think for today, we'll probably just end there at verse four. Just amazing. It's talking about an experience and it's, it's painting a picture of what happens when God shows up. And when heaven invades earth, the manifestation of the kingdom's superior reality, when it comes into our temporal reality, we really don't have a way to contain it. It blows our eardrums. It's more than our eyes can even begin to take in the vision of what's happening this pillar of fire. It goes back to all the Old Testament motifs, all the Old Testament symbols. It was the pillar of fire that stood between Pharaoh's army and God's people at the Red Sea. And it was staying there all night protecting them from what was coming against them. The fire of God, so amazing. He is a consuming fire. And and it's interesting that the fire of God it has a a certain way of not harming, but yet destroying. It has a way of purifying all the stuff that's impure and removing and cleansing and purifying them out of us at the same time, not damaging us at all. Matter of fact, when you get all the junk out, what do you have left? The real you. The you created in God's image, masculine or feminine. And that's the real you. So welcome the purifying fire of the Holy Spirit into your life and let him burn up the dross, let him burn out the impurities, let him bring up the heat. It may not be comfortable for a season, but when he does it, he's doing something really amazing. Now we were at Connor Prairie yesterday and uh, this is Nana week. Uh, 2019 at the Francis How- Household. We got the Simon granddaughters. And as, as we go to Connor Prairie, we go see the blacksmith. And he's got the billow going and the, the coals and the fire. And then he takes out, and he's making a knife and it gets, you know, it's glowing and he puts it on the anvil and he takes his hammer and all the carbon, all the impurities start. He's forging the steel in a, an incredible way. I remember, you know, being in industrial arts in seventh grade, and they shown us the steel mills, and you see that they 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 scrape off all the impurities that rise to the top, and they scrape it off, and then what they have is a is a more purified metal. It's like wow, the Holy Spirit is a fire that will not harm you, but may make you a little uncomfortable in certain areas, but guess what? After the discomfort of the purification process, the comfort of what abides after that is well worth the price, well worth the price. So after 120 disciples are on a 10 day prayer meeting, guess what, an explosion takes place. That's a good way to kick off Pentecost, 10 days of prayer. What would happen if the church gathered well, we're, we'll find out. We're, we're gathering for 40 days, even though we're not gathering in the same location, we're gathering spiritually in our hearts as we're praying for the national conference and as we're praying for, for the Vineyard uh, USA, the national movement in, in the United States of the Association of Vineyard Churches. As we're praying, the, what will happen? I'm hoping that this conference that all those that have never encountered the Holy Spirit, the power of God's presence would encounter that in wonderful, wonderful ways. And so 10 days of a prayer meeting explains the, the, the tongues, the prophecy, the miracles, the salvation, the birthing of countless churches The Acts records as the Holy Spirit comes to planet Earth. Acts records the story of, of Paul's three missionary journeys, he, he, he records how the, the gospel is taken to the Gentile nations. They hear and they receive the good news of, of God's love. It demonstrates the healing miracles of Peter and Paul and the apostles. And we see the miracles and the prayers that come as a result of prayer, including signs and wonders and many, many deliverances. See, God will do what only God can do if we will make a allowance, if we will make a space, if we will provide an opportunity for Him. I was thinking of the testimony of David Nolan at his, at his celebration of life service, and, and he was talking, that they, they run the Hope Center uh, over here off Brookfield Road, uh, a place for women that are coming out of uh, human trafficking uh, reside and get healed and restored, educated, and, and then bought, brought back into society. Just a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And they've got this thing, and it, 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 they're doing it all by faith. And it was just like one day, miracle after miracle after miracle was happen, happening. And, and David told his father, who's doing the, the ministry as well, uh, they're doing it, co-laboring. He said, God's just showing off. Miracle after miracle, God's just showing off today. I like it when God shows off. He's not shy about showing us his glory. He's not shy about showing us his power. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit delights in bringing us on the inside so that we can see how the Father functions. So we can see what's going on in the spirit realm. If you want to see how Father is doing his kingdom, you can't begin to broach that without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author. He's the the means by which we see into the spirit realm and we see what the Father's up to. So we learn about the Spirit of God in Acts. There'd be no church, there'd be no evangelism, there'd be no miracles, there'd be no... The Holy Spirit is a part of all of that. When you think about Jesus's life and as he was going through, it's like he's up to about 30 years old before he comes to John and gets baptized. And then the Spirit leads him into the wilderness where he's tempted of the evil one for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's fasting and he's praying and he's communing with his father. And after he finishes that, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. The angels minister to him. And in the account found in Luke, in Luke chapter four, and it says, and now the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus and he moved in power. And we see all the things, all the miracles, all the healings, all the deliverances that Jesus did because the Holy Spirit was not only upon him, but within him. The Spirit is the means by which all this happens. So Jesus was preparing his disciples, even while he was on the earth, about what's going to happen. Here's what he says in John 14. John 14, beginning at verse 15, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Another. It's an interesting how how in the Greek, they have different kinds of words for another. You know, it's like if, if we were talking about fruit, you know, and I had, hey, here's an apple. Would you like another piece of fruit? Oh, here's an orange, or here's a banana. It's an, 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 another fruit, but that uses a different Greek word for another than what is used here. Here it'd be like, here's an apple. Would you like an, another apple? Hmm. It's of the same essence. Hmm. And so when he says there's a, another counselor that when he goes away, he's going to give you another counselor. He's saying, he's just like me. I'm giving you another that's just like me. Jesus, while he's in the earth, you know, in his human body, he was restricted by time and space. He was restricted by his physical body in place. Now the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all flesh. And so it goes, Limitless. There's no restriction to the presence of this another counselor that is to be ours. That's good. Keep preaching, Rick, that's, I like that. Right on. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Don't water it down, don't water it down. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Without a doubt. Wow. There's a whole lot there. You can can meditate on that one for a good while. Before the the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come upon human beings. But after the day of uh, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes within human beings. He resides within us. And it continues on, but let's pick up at verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The Holy Spirit is to be with you forever. He is to be in you for all eternity. What you have established in your heart and in your spirit in your body in relationship to the Holy Spirit now will continue forever and ever. He is the one who will teach you everything that Jesus did and said. He'll remind us. Is anybody happy to have the Holy Spirit as your new memory aid? (laughs) Ada, Margaret, get your hand up. I mean, is it wonderful, especially for those of us that forget stuff all the time, that you have the Holy Spirit? Have you, ever, have you ever just practically tested that? You've lost something? You say, Holy Spirit, I don't know where it is. Would you remind me where I put that? Would you remind me where that is? And sometimes we've so thoroughly lost it because we put it on the back of a bumper of the church bus and the church bus drove off. And somewhere on the country road, somebody finds my wallet and contacts us and lets us know, hey, we found this wallet. So that's where it was. The Holy Spirit knows everything and he can remind us of things. A lot of times I'm working, my mechanical skills are very, very restricted. And when I'm working, doing something with the car and something like that, and I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, I dropped that bolt and I don't even know how to get to it. What can I do? Can you help? Sometimes I'm in the midst of doing something. I'm saying, angels, I need assistance. I don't have enough strength to get this lid off. And they come. The Holy Spirit always is is working with us. He's gonna reveal us all that Jesus, he wants to glorify Jesus. Anything that you need done, if it's gonna bring glory to Jesus, you have a green light to ask the Holy Spirit for assistance in that area. Do it. Let's take it to heart. Let's be practical. Let's let's bring the Holy Spirit to where he rightfully belongs. He's gonna remind us all that Jesus has said, but the key is the Holy Spirit's gonna bring peace. Jesus gives us his peace. And when he gives us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes the peace of Christ and he takes it in the midst of our chaos in the midst of our anxiety, and he breathes living peace inside of us. Different than the peace of having a pleasant circumstance, it's peace in spite of whatever circumstances that you have. He brings peace. So I love that. So don't be afraid. I love that. Another of the same kind. Well, In John chapter 16, Jesus, and we'll finish with this, has a few more things to say about the Holy Spirit. He says, I have much more to say to you in verse 12, chapter 16, more than you can now bear. Have you noticed that? In your walk with Jesus, when we first started our walk with Jesus, there's some things that we could accept and believe and embrace, and some things that was just beyond us. We couldn't even begin to understand what in the world does the Bible mean by this? But as we continue to walk and as we continue to be a faithful and and just embracing of all the revelation that he gives us, then we see that he begins to open up more. And even Jesus, after he was walking with his, his disciples for three years, there's so much more that he wanted to give them, but they weren't able to receive yet. That's why I'm so happy I live after Pentecost. We live in a time where we now have the Holy Spirit who is going to help us. He's going to help us to receive the even more that Jesus wants us to know. And it can only be done by the Spirit. It's not gonna be done by your educational degrees. It's not gonna be done by your memorization of this, that, how many Bible verses you know. It's not gonna, it's only gonna be revealed through the Spirit. That's why the spirit speaks to our spirit. and We have the mind of Christ. Hmm. Only the spirit can search the deep things of God and bring revelation to us. So every time we come up to our limitation, we hit the wall of our finiteness, we hit the wall of our, our imagination, we cannot figure out how to proceed how God could possibly work in this situation, it's time to invite the Holy Spirit to manifest his decisions, his thoughts. Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? What's your take on this situation? It's amazing when you get his take, it kind of changes everything. Mm Mm-hmm. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. How does he do that? He makes what is Jesus and he makes it known to us. And just in case you're thinking, well, I really wanna know what's the Father's. I don't wanna be restricted to just what's Jesus. Jesus goes on and says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Do you kind of get, it's all inclusive. Anything in the God realm, the Holy Spirit is our source of access of stuff that blows our circuitry. We, we would just be popping mental and spiritual and emotional circuit breakers all day long if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit who comes and brings the revelation of what's going on there. Well, I got up this morning and I just thought, I really want the Holy Spirit to be honored today. So I was talking to the Father and saying, Father, I want the Holy Spirit to be honored today. It's... It's the day that we commemorate his, his coming to the earth and a very fulfillment of, prophet, of prophetic utterances through the Old Testament, through what Jesus promised. This is your promise. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit and his baptism to the earth. And I said, Lord, I, I really want to do that. Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit to be honored today. You know, as we worship you and as we worship the Father, I want the Holy Spirit to really be honored today. And I said, so I just wrote down, I, I thought I better write this down. Holy Spirit on, on Pentecost, we want to celebrate you, but I do it so poorly. I don't know how to properly do it. Show me how. How should we celebrate you today? And I felt like the Holy Spirit just said this. He said, make a space, make room for me to demonstrate my power, and my presence. Don't just talk about me. Allow me to come. Allow me to move. This is how we can honor the Holy Spirit today. Are you up for that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's just invite him. Holy Spirit, it's just been, it's just been heavy upon my heart from the first time I encountered you as a sophomore in high school, Mm -hmm. wanting to see you get everything (laughs) that you so rightfully deserve. We thank you that you're so humble and so gracious and that you always work. You glorify Jesus. Jesus glorifies the Father, that there's no competition between Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that one's glory is the other's glory and there's no sense of jealousy. There's just perfect beauty between you. And yet today we want to acknowledge the goodness of the Father, the goodness of the Son, by releasing you to us in a way that has allowed you to move in us and through us, to bring realities that we didn't even know existed. We think of what we do know about you. We think of what we do know about heaven, what we do know about the kingdom of God, And we realize we barely scratched the surface of the full revelation that you desire to to make known to us. So we just open ourselves to you. We want to honor you. We want to speak the name of Jesus to restrain everything that would restrict or limit our ability to receive the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning in a fresh new way. We say, holy one, remove and restrain and keep from interfering anything. We pray for an open heaven. We pray that there would be that portal from the spirit realm to this realm to where our spirit can touch and be touched by your spirit. And we just wanna honor you and give you place today. Come, make known, make known the fullness the fullness of Yourself in us. Receive for Yourself. The Holy Spirit lives in you for your, your well-being, for your benefit. You may want to heal some places inside your heart There could be some anger. There could be some resentment. There could be some hurt. There could be some abuse that he wants to heal this morning. We just, it's amazing how quickly he can do it when we just give him an open venue. We just make space to allow him to come. There may be some things in your life that you want to get rid of. And you can just open and just say, Holy Spirit, would you take this away from me? It has been a noose around my neck. It has been dead weight and it has been heavy. And it has been used to keep me from knowing the truth about you. And so take it. There could be some broken relationships that you want him to just breathe new hope, fresh inspiration on how to be able to hear and follow and know and allow him to lead in his reconciling, restoring, forgiving ways. Hmm. It could be a body part. It could be something that you have need of physically, that he wants to touch. He wants to bring healing to. We know that he wants to eradicate every cancer cell in every human body. Hmm. we agree, come. He wants to heal nerves and backs and ears and eyes. He wants to hear He wants us to hear and to see. He wants to heal memories. He wants to touch dementia, Alzheimer's, mental illness. We give you opportunity to just reveal the glory that surpasses everything. Come, do for us now what we can't do for ourselves. We humbly lean on you. Mm. Heal pancreases in Jesus' name. If you've never received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you've never received some call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever. If there's a, if there's a an, an awareness today that there's more of the Holy Spirit than what you've known and you feel that he's drawing you to come and to encounter him in a deeper way, just open your heart. Just allow him to do that. And would you communicate with me and let me know that? Either use a connect card or or talk to me after the service. Allow someone to pray for you. Let's receive the fullness of the baptism of the infilling of the Holy Spirit afresh and afresh and afresh. And don't get stuck in the religion and think, oh, I did that when I was in da, da 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 No, in Ephesians it says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It has a moment where it began in time and space, but it's never supposed to have an end. It's a continuation of filling. Oh, It's the best way to leak, is to stay full. If you haven't been leaking on people, let's see if uh, there's a fresh feeling that he has for you today. Now, Some of you, as you were receiving, you're, you're going to start getting some words. You're going to start getting some, some, uh, some thoughts, some impressions. Could be that the Holy Spirit's letting you know that he wants to heal someone that has this condition. Feel free. This is a good time to just make that known. If you get a personal word for someone and the Lord's laid someone on your heart and he's highlighted, and as you as you get there, feel free to share the word of the Lord, the loving expression of encouragement that comes from Father God's heart, from Jesus's heart, our bridegroom, and that comes from the Holy Spirit, our counselor's heart.